I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Help by Suck at Dating. As always, Dean Ungler joined in studio by Jared Haybon. What's going on? Marky Wong. Yes, I missed you guys in Vegas. I wasn't part of that show. Yeah, Easton why Allen. can't you come? Hey, Easton was there. Mark, where were you? I, I, I go to as little as possible. Yeah, I don't blame you. And so I skipped that one. I might have to go next year. We'll I mean, see. it was super fun, but you I was missed a lot. In... Did I? I was just going to say that right now. You missed a lot. We missed you out there. Thank you. Easton and I recorded a podcast together on the festival grounds Saturday day stage, which yes. was fantastic. A I'm sure everyone's probably listening to that podcast by now, right? Uh, yeah, everyone's listening to it. It's not going to see the light of day. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's really loud out there. What was just the Dean show? We'll put that one into the vault. No, it was the Dean, Becca, was, and Easton show. Oh, it was. I, I'm, I'm trying to get the powers that be to let us release it because it actually was really good, I think. The thing with that one was there was a live band playing 100 yards away from yeah. us. Max so. was playing Lights Down Low, and not far from where we were recording. Max was phenomenal, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, great weekend in Vegas. I, th- I think hopefully you guys have listened to the last episode where we recorded exactly from a Vegas pool party with, with Jason and Blake. With Jason and Blake, exactly. It was a good one. It was a lot of bro talk. A lot but, of bro talk, which is I, not necessarily something have or not something that we have often on this show. So it's nice to be able to kind of like speak candidly about our lives. But I think a lot of girls out there are going to be very interested to hear Blake and Jason's perspective and how they're dating right now and what's going on with their lives. It's crazy because it changes so quickly, so so drastically and so quickly. You know, it's like they went from being already like attractive, good-looking, desirable guys to then having the uh, recognizability that you get coming off of the TV show. And it's like no, it's something you can never really prepare yourself for. And so it's always interesting to hear their input about what's changed for them personally. Do you remember the moment when your name got released? Yeah. Yes. I was on my way to do blood work for Paradise. Okay. And I was in the parking lot, and I remember my mom called me. It was like, ABC just released your guys' names for The Bachelorette. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life because a couple hours later, the local Providence Journal put um, my picture up and said, he's 26, his name is Jared, Uh, he is a restaurant manager in Providence. Anything you know about him, please Uh send uh, this email. (laughs) And I remember thinking, like, oh, s***. Like, I wonder... do I have enemies out there? Are there people that are going to like right. talk crap about me? What's about to happen in my life? And it was a super intimidating moment. I remember I was playing golf, I think, when our profiles got released. And one of the first text messages I got was from my college girlfriend, who I've discussed in brief on this podcast about um, how she was always kind of the one that got away, whatever, whatever. Within maybe 20 minutes of the profiles being released, I think I was on like the eighth hole or something like that. She texts me a snapshot of my profile and saying, so it looks like you got over me, huh? I was like, oh, that's kind of low. How long have you, how long We did it for separated. like a year, a little over a year in college when I was 19, so we've been apart for seven oh. years. Oh, okay. But like, it's been an ongoing, like, uh, yeah, there's nothing, it was, but it was just one of the first reactions that I had gotten. Like, obviously my friends and all that reacted. And um, similar to your story, there was someone that worked for one of those news outlets, like People, E, whatever it was, uh, Us Weekly, that reached out to like 50 of my friends and every single time that she reached out to one of my friends they would obviously send me a screenshot and say like hey this person's reaching out to me asking me questions about you like Mm -hmm. hey how do you know dean how is he as a person blah 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 and i was like that's just really weird that people are asking my friends about me that don't know them yeah i remember uh, being on facebook and remembering the scene the first like thread about me and it was like jared's on the bachelorette and it was like all these people i knew from high school 
It was so weird for people just mm. to be talking about me well, without me involved in the conversation. That was the first experience that I ever had about any type of my, mine publicity. Was, mine was unique because I went on live TV, right? And then, so everyone saw oh me God, on live TV. I forgot about and that. And then I had I had no way of uh, seeing the reaction afterwards because I, I still had they had my phone. I couldn't get on my email or anything like that. And so I remember the first time that I was able to like get on my Facebook page was just before my hometown. We were hung over or we were staying over in a hotel in Los Angeles before the hometowns. You know how that works. And I remember like at this point it was me and the final four, but like I was just accompanied by my one producer that I was working closely with. And so I was like, Hey, like I'm going to go down to the pool and just like relax for a little bit. And she's like, all right, fine. I'm going to stay up here. And so obviously like the first thing I did my first second of being alone in two months is I go to the computer, get on my Facebook page and I see like 150 wall posts of, oh my God, I can't believe Dean did this and is on TV and said this to Rachel. And now he's in a track to find love. And like people were like reaching out to my brother and my brother was like saying funny stuff, like, like complimentary and like uh, encouraging stuff. But it was always just like you said, it's funny to see people talking about you without you being part of the conversation. Well, I remember your opening line. Yes. And what was your opening line again? My, which I think that we can all look back and laugh at now. But it's, I think it's funny. I said, Rachel, I want to go black and never go back. Yeah. <laughs> that was, and then I think there was a lot of people that were like, is Dean racist? And then my brother came out and said, my brother is the nicest person in the world. I think him and Rachel would make an incredible couple together. Aww, because I think no. a lot of people were reaching out to my brother being like, hey, is your brother racist? And my brother's obviously like, no, he's not. He's just an he idiot. He was joking. Yeah. The whole premise of the season, it was the first black lead on one of those shows yeah. that was a big deal right. and i think all you're doing is referencing that right yeah that was, exactly it's not like abc wasn't referencing that they sure were it's all very lighthearted. one of the lines that i i is a pet peeve of mine that i don't like is i don't see color it's like no i see color it's just how you treat everybody <laughs> you treat everybody equally as a human being mm-hmm. like i see color so like just a, a remark like that i've always taken no it's a joke and it's fine <laughs> but uh that was i remember now i remember that was now and it's all coming back to me seeing you on my TV and being like, "That's and right." Like that before you even knew me too. Like, Dude, I was love sucks. man when I got out of the limo. I don't know if you even watched. Okay, because you had so a you had bad. a post of you wearing your Superman shirt the other day, and you said something about love man, and I was gonna text you and be like, "What the hell is love man?" Yeah, <laughs> Dean, I am love man. Um, so when I got out of the limo, I had a shirt made for me, uh, a blue shirt with. Like the Superman symbol, but instead of an S, it was an L oh. for Love Man. Okay. And what I was, you know, obviously, <laughs> it was a collaboration, you know, to come up with that idea to figure out what I was going to do out of the limo. And somebody suggested maybe you should like jump out of the limo and rip your shirt open and run up to Britt and Caitlin and, and say that you're love men and you're here to like rescue them from the other evil bachelors that are trying to steal their heart. And I was like, there is no, I, 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 I cannot do that. You I, can't come out of the gate so strong with your affection and uh, infatuation with And Marvel just cheesiness. Well, like, that, but that, that is kind of who you are, but you can't. Be like I just that can't right run out of the limo like that. So what I ultimately did was walked out of the limo, introduced myself to both women, and then said that I have this alter ego, I have this other side of me, and he represents um, humility and care and love and support. And there it is. Easton's bringing up a picture right I now. I got it too over here. That <laughs> was it. That was in Providence, Rhode Island. That, I filmed that in front of the state house. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. That oh, yeah. shirt was made at the side of the Providence Place Mall on the stairs next to Panera Bread. 
on one of the producers was on his hands and knees coloring in this red heart over this white t-shirt. Mind you, this was February, so it's like 20 degrees outside, and I'm just in this t-shirt and these gym shorts that they bought for me, which was apparently my superhero outfit. Um, and then that continued into the limo entrance as well. So cringing pretty hard. Right oh, now. dude, it was <laughs> dude it was so bad. It was so bad. And I remember, like, I had to unbutton my shirt and show him the L. And I was like, I had this shirt made for me. Thank God, though, in the opening, they really just kind of like Glossed breezed right through that, and then it just everybody forgot about it. I think the whole the whole. We started this conversation talking about Blake and Jason and kind of got off the Oh, yeah. It's all about us, really. It's all about us. Well, but, guys, definitely check out Blake and Jason's podcast that we record in Vegas. But they, I guess the point that we were making was, because you said that when you when you were announced you were getting your blood work done for Paradise. Yeah. And they obviously did not go to Paradise. So I think with, which almost helps uh, kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like wean you into the world a little bit better because- when you go to Paradise, as you know, your first season, you're in Paradise while your season is airing. And so you don't necessarily fully grasp the, the idea of how it all works. Yeah. At least I didn't personally. Um, and so it's nice for them. They can kind of, you know, enjoy it for the next year. You know, maybe want to be the Bachelor, maybe want to go to Paradise. But at that point, they'll have at least lived it and enjoyed it and kind of know what to expect moving yeah. forward. It's also interesting for the, uh, the audience because probably a lot of people don't know this, but you don't get to watch your season of The Bachelorette before you go on Paradise. Like, for the girls going to Paradise, they've seen their entire season of The Bachelor. It's unfair. I've talked about this before, I think. Uh, Do you think it helps or hurts the guys to not see themselves? what the audience reaction is towards them? Uh, it hurts, for sure, 100%. But I also do think that some guys manifest this, not edit, but, like, if yeah. you come across as the nicest guy alive on TV, then all of a sudden you're you going to try to cater right. To that and not be yourself. I absolutely agree with that. And then reversal, if you come off like a douche, you're going to do everything you can to try to... Shake that, you think? Probably. Why yeah. not? Unless you really just want to own it like some guys have in the past. Right. I guess there are people that have gone in, been edited a certain way, come out, and then just embody that lifestyle moving forward. But I, totally. definitely, I definitely think that... I think I was talking to Christina about this because... It's like you go on The Bachelor and then you have like five months off until Paradise. And as going on The Bachelorette, you film it, boom, quick, like two or three week break, Paradise. Yeah. And it's like a lot to like even just process emotionally. And then on top of that, you also don't understand exactly how it, the public is going to like perceive you. Unless you're grocery store Joe and then you go home night one, but you're still just an absolute rock star. Sure. Because most of the people that are memorable from The Bachelorette are usually, you know, top six. Right. So, oh, he's definitely an anomaly for sure. So you don't get to see your entire bachelorette experience before you go to paradise. Right, right, but right. He did. grocery store Joe, that's a, that's a great point. Got to see that. I will say, I thought that I was going to be. I didn't think that I was going to be very well received by everyone. Why did you think that? I just had no idea. Like I was like, oh, okay, like their goal is to make us all look bad. Um, I had honestly no idea. Yeah. And then even like my hometown, I was like, it was the weirdest hometown ever. Like they're gonna do whatever they can to make it look as bad for me as possible i mm -hmm. felt like but obviously they didn't necessarily in like my first one-on-one -on -one when i opened up about my whole experience and stuff i was like oh everyone's gonna like give me crap for that but i mean obviously not so much the case so so it's like even if you go into paradise with an idea you never fully know so like i said for jason not. and blake if they decide to do paradise or if one's the bachelor at some point like they'll have lived out their airtime on tv and fully really know what they're going into a second time yeah. Instead of just kind of going in blind and like an understanding of how it works, but not how it's going to be received.
That's my take on it. And so, yeah, so like to hear about how their dating life is going now outside of the show is a unique experience because like you said, you went to paradise immediately following. I don't remember how your first paradise went. Did you, you didn't leave in a relationship, did you? No, 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 no. I left alone. So I was there was for, that, it was, was pretty much probably the same. I left the day before the rose ceremony suits. going into Was that the, the controversial one of you, Kayla and Ashley? Or was that the No, it was one? the following one. So who did you... I left alone. No, I didn't have. A, I only was with Ashley. Oh, really? And then I want to date with Claire. Uh-huh. There's other girl there. Um, I know Claire. Claire was on Wednesday yeah. games, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, of yeah. course you know Claire. Uh, Claire's great. Mm-hmm. She's a sweetheart. Um, on Paradise season two, it was really just Ashley and I, and then that's why we became really good friends during filming, but not into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I left by myself, and then Ashley left the next day. Right. But you weren't dating Ashley after the show or anything like that? No, 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 no. We started becoming close uh, in October of that year. Our, our, we had a charity event together. And then I saw her and we started hanging out. And then that's when we became, you know, it started. I started realizing that we were going to become close in one way or another. Right. I guess my experience with it was I went off Paradise and then I continued to date from Paradise. You know what I mean? So it's like I didn't necessarily come off the show. I came off the show The Bachelorette more single than ever. This actually brings up a question of mine that I wanted to ask you. Within relationships, you said that you continue dating right afterwards, not even your own personal experience, but just dating anybody listening that can relate to this. Mm -hmm. If you're in a relationship that's not going well, do you advocate taking a break and cutting off communication or do you advocate trying to fight through it and continue dating that person? Because like I heard a story yesterday uh, where this girl's dating this guy. They, they, they've been on and off for three years. It's uh-huh. not really going that well right now, but they're best friends. They live together. And I was saying, you know, sometimes the best thing is really cut off communication and figure out if you can live without this person. Because a lot of times, you know, you take a break from somebody and then you realize, oh my God. I can't live without this person. Everything that I was complaining about, I overrated in my head because mm-hmm. it's so small compared to my life without you. I think relationships are like farts. If you have to force it, it's probably <laughs> And an on and off again re- an on and off again relationship after 3 years sounds like you're about to your pants. So, you would advocate cutting off all communication. In my opinion, it's it, it, there are definitely certain circumstances where you become very reliant on each other and that's mm-hmm. important, but in my opinion, it's like relationships do take work and it is necessary to put work into them, but it's not constant. If like if you're constantly like having to remind yourself how important the relationship is, then Maybe it just isn't meant to be. Yeah, I would also say I'd, I I jump off that. Sure, it may not meant to be, but I think you re- it's. I don't think you can know that until you let it go, if that makes any sense. For example, I think I heard something about like Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel. Yeah. They were dating for like three years, and then they broke up, and then two months later, Justin was like. I cannot live my life without you, which apparently is what mirrors is all about. Like Jessica Biel is his mirror. Like he can't just not look at himself without seeing her. I don't know what mirrors is, but mirrors is a song. <laughs> it's it's like a mirror. My mirror standing back, back at me. Mark, you want to do some emails? <laughs> Actually, we should bring the guest in here. Oh, Lacey's here. All right, hold on one second. Before we get to Lacey, I want to talk about something that's very close to my heart right now because I actually just watched the Creed 2 trailer and it made me really want to get back into the gym. Oh, man. Because I saw 
Um, Mike will be joining with his shirt off and realize that I really need to start working out again. So what I've been doing, and Dean, you've been talking about this a lot as well, is Beach Body On Demand. Now, you guys, you've heard us talking about Beach Body On Demand for a while. Have you gotten your free trial yet? Because Listen, it has the history of success. This is the company behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, T25. You have the Hip Hop Abs, which is Dean's favorite, obviously. The three-week yoga retreat, which is my favorite. You guys have celebrity trainers on there like Shanti, we've talked about all the time. But also, I love Autumn Calabrese. And now, she's the one behind the 21 Day Fix, which I kind of currently need. You guys might not know this or not. We mentioned it a little bit, but I'm actually doing Chippendales in early December. (laughs) Tori, how do you feel that? As a female, Ashley's not here. Do you, would you want your significant other being Chippy Dills, even if you were in the audience? I think it's all about uh, like personality for me. Like if you're going in being like, I'm the sexiest man ever. It's like you can you need that confidence, but like I want it to also be like fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're going in and being Oh totally. I'm not know? going in trying to be sexy. Like, I'm not, totally going yeah. in. Yeah. I, that's where I would like if he was like dead serious being like I'm gonna be the best this is my career this is my life this is my identity I'd be like okay maybe like you have a great body no I don't plan on waxing my chest or anything like right. that but I do want to get a dance routine going and a like spray tan too uh, you know, I've actually gone back and forth about a spray tan because I don't want to be, you know, rip off my shirt and have everybody be blinded by my paleness. But they can add abs. Uh, well, apparently, well, that's like more like baby oil, right? Adds like an extra line. I got that from Neighbors too. That's what Zac Efron said. So it's got to be true, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, Beach Body on Demand, I'm definitely doing for that. But also, Beach Body on Demand doesn't do just workouts. They do a well, they do a lot of different fitness level stuff. They go bodybuilding. They do weight training. They do cardio. And guess what? They do dance workouts, which right. is exactly what I need right now. I need some like Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. and NSYNC in my life. The good thing about Beach Body on Demand is you can pretty much schedule your workout whenever you want. You could be as short as 10 minutes. It can be as long as two hours. You don't need any extra equipment um, and it takes way less time than driving to the gym and especially in this LA traffic parking then walking in that takes me like 45 minutes alone to drive to a gym and get in there you lose a validation ticket that's yeah. a oh. 30 bucks exactly right? Right you, the... you get a parking ticket because you're tired of looking for parking spots <gasps> so you just, just take a risk oh that's oh. the worst i hate paying parking tickets a little bit of my soul dies each time <laughs> i do um so listen Guys, if you're listening to this right now, you can try Beachbody On Demand for absolutely free. You're joining the over 1 million people that are currently using this. So you guys can get a special free child membership when you text DEAN, D-E-A-N, to 303030. DEAN, I know you love that. He loves hearing his own name. That Remember, that's DEAN, D-E-A-N, to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts and the nutrition information, support, it's all totally free, guys. Once again, DEAN. D-E-A-N, text DEAN to 303030. Get Beachbody On Demand now. So we have uh, Lacey Green, who is a YouTube sexpert, is what I'm going to label her as. Sure. She's also um, very heavy in in women's rights, uh, strong feminist, all that kind of stuff. I've seen a couple of her YouTube videos. I don't know if you guys have as well. They're they're definitely very interesting. I I think the one that I was watching before I came here was, what was it? It was like... Eight tips for having great sex, and I was like listening to it in my house, and I was like, eight I, tips to just use the tip. And I was like, I was like listening to it in my house, and I was like, I kind of hope my roommates aren't here because if they they hear me listening to this, they're gonna be like, Dean is probably sucks at sex. And he's trying, <laughs> and to, he's trying improve to improve via YouTube videos. Just you know, you're just gaining knowledge in that world. Dean. So That's everyone, please give Lacey Green a warm welcome. 
Hey. How How's it going, you? guys? Hey, Lacey. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. So like I was just saying, I was just watching some of your YouTube videos before coming in. And oh, yeah? <laughs> they're interesting. Like, there's definitely a lot to be learned from them. I think that they range from being like opinionated, subjective things to obviously very objective. Like, these are not just opinions. These are facts of matter, which yeah. is great. Yeah. There's a little grab bag in there. Right. <laughs> well, when did you watch the fact ones? I watched your like most three highly viewed ones. It was, um, here, let me pull them up. It was one of them was like the herpy talk. Which again is more objective than anything Singular else. Singular herpy. Yeah. <laughs> Just the one herpy. <laughs> um, one of them was eight tips to having better sex or something like that, right? Uh-huh. That sounds about right. And then what's your most popular one? One has like six million views on YouTube. It's- uh, well, last I checked, it was there was one about nudism that was really popular, but mm. I haven't actually checked for a while, so I don't know. Oh. So, Lacey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where did you get started? How did you start this YouTube channel? Uh, well, the long story short is that I was raised really religious and did not talk about sex or anything like that. And this was around the time that YouTube became a thing and, um, started making videos, trying to talk to other teenagers about sexuality Mm -hmm. and eventually decided to become a sex educator and... Then so, came the herpy video. Then came the herpy video. The you know, herpy video. social media was a mistake. Was one that I watched as well. <laughs> oh yeah, but that, that was, was more. That was one of your, one of your more recent ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Jerry. No, I was gonna say. So, how did you become a sex professional? A professional. Well, you know, you said. And what did you describe yourself as? Sex educator. Sex educator. I like so sex how did, professional though. Uh, those are both pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Pretty formal. I, like, yeah. I called you a sexpert, which I'm sure you've gotten before too. I have gotten that. Yeah. yeah. I I honestly don't like the expert thing because I I feel like what does that even mean to be an expert at sex right. stuff? But can yeah. there be an expert at sex stuff? In your opinion. Oh, how to help her yes. orgasm is yes. I'm gonna go with yes. Wow, okay. But but it depends on who the person is. You can be an expert with a particular person, right? Like you know your partner so well. Of course. That you're just an expert on it. But I don't think like the world of sex has experts. Because there's so much. You don't it's think about there's sexuality. One, you don't think there's one person that <laughs> there's a single sex expert in the world out there. Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't agree know about you. that. I agree with you. There's definitely not. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, what? I, okay, so I just figured out it was consent, it was the herpy talk, and then it was the eight ways to make a woman orgasm or the three oh, that I yeah. watched. And yeah. I am so much more educated because you ready? of it. ready? Yes. <laughs> Those are the only ones you need, really. Right. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to be able to put them to the work, to, to the test, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, now. I'm going to need an update when that happens. Oh, yeah. Let me know how it goes. So, Lizzie, what do you think the most important part of sex is? Um, I think communication. You know, a lot of people talk about how important it is to communicate. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of communicating about communicating, but people don't actually do it. They don't actually talk about it. It's hard. People so, don't really have the language. You so you're know? saying that people talk about communicating, but then they actually just don't follow through with it. Right. Like everyone says, oh, you know, I think it's really important to have open communication in our relationship. But then, you know, everyone's like ghosting and being weird. And it's like, this is what everyone's ta- Everyone understands it's important. But I think actually doing it is rarer. Well, I'm I'm pertaining just with sex, <laughs> not okay. even just relationships. She, I think right? she's, she also I'm talking about sex too. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Yeah, because how else do you know how to turn your partner on or get of them off? Of course. So would that be like a a good example of a nice question to start off with? Not start off with, but okay. once you get intimate with your partner, to be like, what do you like, and then to express what you like as well. Yeah, 
yeah, I think asking someone what feels good and just kind of like taking some time to explore and get to know their body mm-hmm. and get to know, you know, pay attention to their reactions to things, take it slow, just kind of, you know, do some exploring and figure it out, what works for them and take it from there. Sometimes people don't know what they like until you try it, mm-hmm. you know, so you can ask someone and that can be valuable, especially if you're a little older, more experienced, but I think it helps to just kind of figure it out together too. I mean, that was one of the things that I was watching your videos and I was like, well, that just seems awkward to me. Well, that, I <laughs> like was going to ask that. I feel like a lot of guys are probably a little awkward in, in saying what they do like. And then conversely, asking what a girl likes. Because I, I, if I had to bet, I bet a lot of guys would feel like, no, I, sh- I know what I'm doing. I know how to please mm-hmm. you. So like, I don't need you to tell me what you like. Because you're going to like this. Well, that's that toxic masculinity that you've talked about before, too. <laughs> totally. But I think in that consent video, you say something along the lines of, um, oh, I, j- I just had this train of thought and I can't remember what it is. But yeah, I remember I was watching it and I agree with so much of it. But then I was like, well, how do you continue to keep the mood passionate, I guess, in a sense, while you're also kind of like breaking it up with questions that... With the consent stuff. Yes. Well, well I not would... so much with the consent stuff, but just in general. like Communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's just dirty talk. Yeah, honestly, which I'm, which I'm admittedly whore, like not a big advocate of. <laughs> I'm bad at it. A, I'm not interested in it. B, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair enough. Yeah. For me, I think of it. I think it's less awkward or weird when you think of it as dirty talk. Uh-huh. And also, it's okay if it's a little awkward at first. Mm-hmm. You're just getting to know someone, you know, and getting to know what they like and trying to figure out what the boundaries are here. And maybe it's like a little bit uncomfortable at first, but it'll be fine. I've like just started to open up with like moans and grunts, but I've never (laughs) once had like an English word. Oh, okay. (laughs) Really starting at the beginning. Really? (laughs) I'm working up to it. Okay. Do you you start laughing if dirty talk starts occurring in the bedroom? I definitely snicker a few times under your breath because like it just it's kind of like an eye roll thing for me. Where if like someone tries talking dirty to me, I'm like, okay, like let's let's bring ourselves back down to earth for a second here sure well there's different <laughs> kinds right there's like the porny dirty talk yeah, yeah yeah and then there's the let's talk about sex right now without it being weird and clinical dirty talk so i feel like there's maybe different types give us an example of weird and clinical um do you need more lubrication oh yeah you know that's just dirty like, talk no but i mean <laughs> yes kind of do you need more lubrication do you baby? need more lubrication <laughs> you can make it dirtier because i got the lube Interesting. Yes. What well, I was going to say, oh, because you brought up porn. Do you think porn's ruined sex? Ruined sex? It's like a strong statement. It is a strong statement, but I think a lot of people would argue it. Really? Because I know I Russell, think... Russell Brand is uh, very against porn. He yeah, he's it, become... he thinks it's kind of I, I think it. that we are seeing like a moment right now where people are rethinking porn. Mm-hmm. Like It became super popular because of the internet, and now it's so pervasive that nine-year-olds, it's like the average age that kids are seeing it now. Really? Yeah, it's like... A little much, right? Yeah. And porn, like, just, it's escalated, I feel like. I don't think that's it's ruined sex necessarily, but it's definitely changed how people think about sex mm-hmm. and has maybe made people worse at having sex because hmm, they agree. just follow porn. And porn sex is bad. Hardcore. <laughs> it's like, well, it's just very down to the point. You know, it's like very formulaic. I think, I think one thing that porn has definitely ruined in term, in the in the sex world is... When a guy watches porn 
he watches it until he gets what he needs to get from it. Yeah. And when a guy, when they, you carry that same thought process over to sex with your partner, I don't think that's necessarily a successful way to go about it. No, that's no. a very unsuccessful way right. to go about it. I mean, I hear about it from their girlfriends right. who then email me, like, my boyfriend won't get me off. He thinks sex ends when he's, he's done. done. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really common thing. Yeah. I think that started before porn, though. You think? Yeah, Probably. I think we just sort of think of sex like a like having sex through a really male perspective. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think that porn has, like like you said, nine-year-olds are seeing naked women now. Yeah. And so by the time they they become 20, they're like, yeah, I've seen this plenty of times. Like, there's actually, I I was reading an article about this, not an epidemic, that's dramatic. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all. What I'm saying is, though, no, uh, guys are choosing to watch porn over having sex with women. Mm, Yeah, that's happening. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how widespread it is, but I definitely hear from guys who prefer to just stay home and masturbate. Thanks. Totally. That it is could what? be a safer way of going about things. It is, but it's also <laughs> no sexual deviance running around. <laughs> M- might be ruining the human spirit. <laughs> yeah. You know, there there was a study that I was reading the other day about how uh, our age group is having less sex than any generation in 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I, I was asking about that on Twitter and people are like, well, it's got to be the porn. Right. Mm-mm. And they it isn't actually the porn. They think it's related to some mixture of stress, like the economic situation right now and antidepressants. Hmm. A lot of people using antidepressants. Well, there's actually a really interesting video that I watched on YouTube not too long ago about this. And I'm going to butcher the, the information that was given in it. But as the world progresses and evolves, because our society is now like first world and there's more progressive first world societies, that inherently means that there are going to be less children being born. Mm-hmm. When before, if, if you have six kids, four of them are probably going to die, which right. means you need to have more kids to continue to live your like let your family yeah, live on. Yeah, totally. Like we have more success with our offspring. Right. Now. But yeah. and, and like obviously that doesn't carry over to everyone, but generally like when as that's blanketed over the entire nation or group of people, then it kind of is like okay, we have to have less kids to let them all live. Then we don't need to birth six to seven children. Yeah, yeah. Family, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's okay to have maybe it's okay to have less sex and fewer babies. Uh, maybe that's yeah. what I'm mixing. Maybe it's le- I'm thinking of less babies and not less sex. Yeah, which yeah. I'm sure is a difference. Just less babies. Yeah. I would agree with that. Is More it sex. also the case that because all of the communication with young people today is being done texting and through social media and and looking at porn, they don't really know how to interact with each other, <laughs> and therefore they're not able to close the deal one way or hmm. the other. Not only you, do they not know how to, there's no need to. Yeah, you're communicating online and having virtual sex online. What is the point of going out and trying to meet a girl? Because when it, you can just, I, I it feels better. Of course it does. <laughs> but to a lot of these kids that have grown up with this internet age, it's just the way life is, and it feels really good. Yeah, I I think that as they get older, though, people realize that there is so much that you get from a relationship and from sex with real people that you care about. You I'm know? curious though because I wonder because. Usually, especially now in this age, you know, men and women are going through their formative years discovering this. I wonder if it's going to be impactful when they do get older in their mid to late 20s. And like Mark said, he, they're like, uh, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You, what are you talking about? I think that's already like, happening. With, look at online dating. It's mm-hmm. an absolute mess. Yeah. Like, people cannot navigate that stuff it's really do you help give advice on online dating yeah yeah all the time because people the problem is the culture like all everyone together is so bad that it's not really something that you can just tell one person like here's what you need to change it's acceptable to ghost people it's acceptable to be like weird and creepy and pervy and harassy Mm -hmm. because they're not real any consequences yeah or to just treat someone as like 
a hookup. Like, you know, I'm here to just have sex and, you know, call it quits without actually communicating that to the other person. So you have different expectations. There's just all kinds of stuff that's coming up because of the internet. Yeah, there was somebody actually on the Help I Suck at Dating Facebook group, which if you're not on, you should join immediately, um, that talked about that. And he was asking advice about online dating. And he said that he just can't get dates right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, he feels like he's a good looking guy and the profile picture is good. And he spent time on his bio and he was asking, like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And so I think, like you said, it's not so much him. It's more so of the culture of online dating. Yeah. While I advocate it. There is certain negatives to it, which are what you just listed. That is acceptable to ghost people. It is acceptable to just treat it as, well, this is just more of a hookup thing rather than an actual relationship. Dehumanizing sex. Dehumanizing sex, exactly, which is what I was trying to refer to earlier Mm -hmm. when we were talking about porn, because I think porn has dehumanized sex. Yeah, I would agree. I wanted to talk about antidepressants for a second, Mm because you brought that up Mm -hmm. in terms of it. I forget lowering what, people's sex drive. Exactly. So contributing to people to our generation having less sex. Than and that's a any. proven scientific. F- that well, it's a it's one of the bigger, more supported theories is that so many people are on antidepressants, and antidepressants usually kill your sex drive. That's you know, the, it's that's gone. The correlation, Same yeah. with birth control. You know, hormonal birth control pills can do that as well. So there's all of these hormonal things that we're putting in our bodies that are changing the way yeah. we experience sex totally and our society has never been more medicated yeah so especially with antidepressants exactly mm-hmm. so and do you think that there's anything that can be done with that because i'm not sure well you know as someone who's used antidepressants before mm-hmm. my suggestion is make sure that there's no you've exhausted all of your options of things that you can do to maintain your mental health Mm -hmm. before taking something that's going to bring this Mm -hmm. whole host of other side effects in that may cause more problems. But sometimes it's unavoidable and, you know, antidepressants can be a lifesaver. So... Big pharma, gotta love it. Uh, Do you feel like we we ignore our visceral kind of needs often? And once you kind of tap back into those, it can kind of help boost your sex drive again. And I think to your point earlier, like... (laughs) Not too long ago, I was super stressed out and had incredible, like extreme amounts of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I noticed myself, like I just was unmotivated to go out and even like meet anyone. My sex drive was completely diminished. But like if you, I, I don't know, personally, if you go back and like just reacquaint yourself with being outside and like the <laughs> things that we evolved doing, you know, like being outside and taking in sunlight. So often people wake up, go to, go to work all day, get home and sit on the couch and like they have no exposure to sunlight. Mm-hmm. And it's just like th- like small things like that, can, I think, in my opinion, can make, make a big difference totally. long term moving forward. Like the big picture of health. Right. You know, I'm right. taking care of every other aspect of my health as well. And that makes it easier to want to have sex. The gym. I think that's real. Yeah. And working out and taking care of yourself. And I think people forget that. And I think that's kind of the routine of life that becomes so difficult when people say time passes you by so quickly. I think because like you said, Dean, it is go to my job, I come home, I cook for my kids, I go to bed, and I do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday so busy, I just forget to even take five minutes for myself. So I think it is very important for people out there to really, like you said, Dean, live in the moment. Make sure you're, even if it's for five minutes, be present, go outside, do something that you normally wouldn't do because um, it really can increase uh, a lot of health in your life, not just physical health, but emotional health, mental health. Lacey, can you tell us more about this book you have coming out? Yeah, it's a sex book. It is out. Oh, it's... And yeah, it's Oh, it came out last week, September 12th. It actually came out today. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Um, Well, congratulations! Yeah! Round of applause for the book coming! 
September 25th. I missed so, that. Okay. So what's the book called? It's called Sex Plus, and it's kind of like an A to Z of all things sex for younger people and older people um, and kind of figuring out how to have a great sex life, I would say. You know, there's lots of different um, things to think about when it comes to that. Your body image, obviously your health and safety, your mental health, things like that. But do you know, like, what's going on with your body and what feels good and how to maximize your nerve endings? Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a nice, clean way to say that. No, yes. be dirty, be raunchy. <laughs> Come on. Say whatever you want. Um, do you know how to f in a way that feels good? There we go. There we go. That's what I like. Figure it out. I know how to f in a way that feels good for me. What about your partner, though? Well. Everyone's got to be feeling good. All two, three, four, however many X. people are. <laughs> however many. <laughs> uh, I do agree with that a lot. So. Give us maybe like a snippet of the book exactly. Is it like kind of those three segments? Is it mental, physical, and self-love or like? Um, well, part, it was partially written to be just sex ed, like the things you should have learned in school right. and partially written to be like things you're not going to learn in school yeah. about sex and pleasure and what feels good, orgasming, how to have an orgasm, how to give a partner an orgasm, how to talk about sex. Yeah. You know, language, words, those English words you're grasping for. Got some ideas. Sometimes some I struggle the, to find them. Yeah, what are some of the words? I'm curious. Um, you know, I feel like you should just read it, the chapter. Okay, that's, okay. Fair, that's fair. It does always baffle me when I'll meet a woman, late 20s, or however old, some, a woman that's been sexually active in her life that says that she's never had an orgasm. Because I it's, feel like it's more, it's more and more prevalent than, now. Yeah, it's more common than you'd think. It blows my mind. Like, yeah. And even like if I'm not a sexual partner with them and they're just like having a candid conversation with me, I'm just like sitting there and I'm thinking like, how have you gone this long without having that experience? Yeah. And maybe they are experiencing it and not realizing it because I, th I know everyone experiences them differently. That is true, but I feel like when you come, you know. Yeah. yeah. So if she's saying she hasn't an orgasm, she probably hasn't. Okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of women don't really, we don't talk about women's pleasure. Yeah. Like even in a sex ed class, yeah. you know, they're talking about your vagina and like giving birth. Right, reproduction. It's not like pleasure based. We don't talk about pleasure. And especially for women, it's very taboo. So the way we think about sex is through that male lens, like mm -hmm. sex ends when he's done. Mm -hmm. And I think women think about themselves in terms of how can I make my my man feel good mm -hmm. instead of like what feels good for me. Yeah, it's I never want taboo. that to change. Um, um, well, I'm uh, come on, that was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> what about what about I just need to shame you a little bit. Ah, you well should. Yeah. What about self love and, and I mean it, or, yes. Yeah, for yeah. A woman. Well, that's also scary for a lot of women. Like where I grew up, you weren't. It was very taboo you don't yeah. do that like girls don't do that it's gross like that's something that icky boys do and i know so many young women who do not masturbate because I, they I feel like they're they're not supposed to yeah because right. it's gross right. or it's weird but i think that every woman should masturbate every day multiple times a day maybe like mm -hmm. get to know what's going on because that is the best way for you to connect with your body and what feels good and if you feel uncomfortable just by yourself and can't orgasm by yourself how are you going to expect your partner to do that for you? Right. You know? So masturbation, I think, is actually a really great tool for it, women. It is so interesting how masturbation is just completely different for the sexes. Like, <laughs> yeah. a male masturbating compared to a female, it's just like and night and day. You mean like socially? Well, I just mean because it is like for female masturbating, it is meant because I feel like for Jared orgasm, just referring, he, he I, thinks you should have a vibrator to masturbate with. Well, I also think that it, for a female, for an orgasm, for a female, it's a lot different than for a guy. Like, What do you mean? Like it takes a longer lot more, or something? Exactly. It takes it longer. It doesn't. 
30 seconds. 30 seconds, really? <laughs> yeah, if you know how to, but if that's you know the thing, how your like, body works. Exactly, but a lot of females need yeah. to find out exactly how their body works. Where a guy, it just, it's like, well, that felt good. And that took eight <laughs> seconds the first time. So, like, I'll just do that again. Yeah. And so, well, I also think we, we have, are there. Our, our image of the female is uh, there's the candles lit, there's yeah. nice music playing. Yeah. Like, I know that's, we that's got just porn the guy. on, and we're doing it just that's same as funny. guys a lot of the time. I will say that the scales can tip at a certain point where um, we look at sex to the point of like a uh, through male colored lenses, whatever you however you want to play it, put it. Where once the male is done, then the sex is over. But once that scale tips. A woman can have like eight orgasms during sex while mm. the male's only having one. And I say only having one. Like, obviously, once the guy has one, he doesn't really want to need to have any more. Yeah, because guys have a refractory period and women don't. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the interesting thing is a girl can go from having zero to having eight in one session while the guy will pretty much almost always go from zero to one. Well, <laughs> zero that, to that's, that's just a weird true. thing to think Real about. You know? Men can actually have multiple orgasms as well, though. And I have like a tutorial in that book as well. I mean, guys can come yeah. as many times as a woman. That is a real thing that happens that you can do. I would I would probably say that I've experienced that before. I will. I yeah? was, <laughs> was going to say the same thing. So proud. There's been times where like, you know, you come to fruition <laughs> and nice. for some reason it's just not going away and you're like this is i'm tired but obviously you're not so we're gonna keep doing this mm -hmm. so it is interesting because i've i've experienced that as well do you recommend uh kegels for yeah yeah I think kegels. men and women yeah 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 for sure kegels being the like clenching of your pelvic i'm doing some muscles. right now yeah it's how you stop the stream of pee and when you do that it makes your orgasm stronger for everyone and it so. makes your stamina increase right yeah Something well you like can that. hold back a little bit better uh, as a guy hmm. i want to keep talking about personal experiences here but i almost <laughs> don't yeah, no, like no, share no, 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 no. um so what have you found that's probably been the most common question you've ever gotten um well besides the how to orgasm question that i get that from a lot from young women mm -hmm. um am i pregnant is <laughs> probably hmm. Am I pregnant? I get, I get um, pregnancy scare emails probably 20 to 30 times a week. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's usually people who understand, oh, you need to take birth control and you need to use a condom, but X, Y, Z happened. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the condom slipped off or we think it might have popped or I missed a pill or, you know, things like that. And they're freaking out that they might be pregnant. Mm. Yeah. And I think the reason why I get so many of those is because they don't know who else to ask. Yeah. Yeah. What would you okay. say is your average uh, demographic, like age-wise? It depends on the type of video, because, yeah. you know, like you saw on my channel, more sometimes explicit. I talk about more social issues stuff. Sure. Um, that tends to be an older crowd, right. like closer to my age, and then the sex stuff tends to be a slightly younger crowd. Like, like the more explicit, 20s. like the feminist stuff is skews older, and the sex stuff skews a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Your highest uh, viewed video is that nudism one. It yeah, has okay. 10 million views. Wow. Holy wow. moly. I haven't wow. seen that one. What's that one? What is, Why do you think that that one took off? Let's like, let's think about that. Why do you think that one took off? I think I in that video I have like my shoulders showing or something. You it. certainly do. Yeah. They want to see the shoulders. God, that's like the formula. <laughs> I just gotta like take my clothes off more. Yeah, which yeah. kind of is little the cleavage antithesis of what you preach in so many of those videos, yeah. right? <laughs> well, the nudism I would say is perfectly in line with what I sure. preach because I think people should be comfortable with their body, and I don't think. There's anything wrong with being naked. I agree. So what do you? Ex what's your thoughts on nudism? I mean, they can watch the video, but just a very short. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't even remember what I said in that video so long ago. But I think that nudism is cool and interesting, 
I am not a nudist myself. Mm. I've uh, been in some nudist spaces and found it really awkward. Lacey is wearing clothes right now, just yeah, for just our listeners to know. Update. <laughs> um, but I think it's cool, like this idea that you can just, if it's warm outside and you're at the beach and you can just be naked, who cares? But I will say the female body is much more beautiful than the oh, male yeah. body nude. <laughs> Uh, it's like that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Seinfeld yeah. episode? Yeah. Yeah. So, Jerry's like walking around hairy, and the other the, and the woman yeah. obviously is beautiful and like yeah. well manicured. Women's like, body is a work of art. Yeah. This is a Jeep. Totally. Yeah. And she's trying to open the pickles. We don't have to go down that road, but it's fantastic. Um, so you think people should just walk around nude, huh? I mean, that's not what I said. Yeah, I don't know. Just... <laughs> I just think that, you know, the, the taboo on nudity is kind of funny to me because mm-hmm. it's literally just your body without mm-hmm. clothes on. It's okay. funny. To, it's crazy to think about how far away we've moved from the people that we evolved to be. Like, yeah. you know, you look back 10,000 years, which in the grand scheme of humans isn't that long. And we do things so, so differently than we used to. Like, we're fully clothed at all times. Yeah. We no longer see each other in the nude as often as we used to. Um, and it's just weird to think, like, in such a short amount of time. But then it went all the way the other way. For a while, people were wearing head to toe coverings yeah. at the beach in yeah. the Puritan times. And yeah. now we're going back in the other Oh, direction. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting reflection of where a society is at, right? In terms of how they think about your body and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like, is it sexualized or not? Like, countries which sexualize bodies more cover more like middle eastern countries that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. you said you grew up pretty heavily religious yeah are you still religious no not at all zero do you think that that part of that is because you were so it was so oversaturated as a younger person that was probably why i started questioning it but now it's not just like teenage rebellion it's because i've arrived at my conclusions okay so you've arrived at your conclusions but are you open for i don't like reinterpretation or anything like that Yeah. yeah yeah i'm always open for new ideas. New ideas and new, okay. Yeah, but all of the ideas that I have chewed on, I've decided how I feel about them right now. How do your parents feel about the uh, occupation you've happened upon? <laughs> well, we don't really talk about it that much. No? <laughs> no. I think that's pretty indicative of how they feel. YouTuber and that's, that's what they know? Yeah, I mean, for years when I was teaching and going all over the place talking about sex with young adults, we just did not acknowledge what I do. Now my mom acknowledges it like yeah. i think my mom is reading my book which is wow. really weird yeah yeah well, that's, that is, great, that's great i'm it, glad that yeah, she it's is great. and it i is hope great. that she sees the the value and the, the importance of what you're doing for these young kids who like I, you said earlier I sometimes so. have nobody else to talk to yeah i hope so but i i think that they you know they have also come from really insulated environments so they're dealing with all of their own internal mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. but yeah it's up? weird um, in a sort of rural area outside of Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. Just very red, very religious, mm-hmm. very, this is how we do things mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love it out there, but the sex stuff, not great. Wasn't good. Why do you think sex is such a taboo topic? Um, well, that is a big question. I'm pretty sure there are libraries of books on that. I'm question. sure. But, but, you're, but, you know, you know, just my ideas. Um, I think that. Controlling people's sexuality and controlling how they feel about their body is a very effective way to control masses of people, Hmm. you know, and at one time, maybe there was like some reason to do that to ensure Hmm. that people didn't rape or there wasn't too much pregnancy or whatever disease, but we live in a different world now, you know, we have condoms and birth control and things like that. I'd say there are probably some religious derivatives of it as well Mm -hmm. as to why we think of it as such a taboo. Totally. Well, yes. And that's ultimately what I'm getting at. So the religion uses sex as a tool of control and mm. fear yeah and fear um which is sad if you're scared of your own body well dang yeah you're sucks. gonna have a lot of fears in this life then yeah you know what's pretty cool about you lazy is that time magazine 
uh, held you as one of the 30 most influential people on the internet? I feel like that was a lie. You theirs. think that's a lie? There's so many people on the internet. Time Magazine does not lie, okay? <laughs> okay, that, that's true. I'm sure we appreciate, never published We do appreciate that. the humility, or at least I know <laughs> I appreciate it. Love it. We want more of it. But at the same time, you were listed as one of the 30 people, most influential people on the internet. How does that make you feel? Uh, it felt pretty good. I also felt like it was a lie when that happened. But, you know, it, it's cool that there are mainstream outlets that can appreciate the need for open conversations about sex. That's kind of what I was ultimate. going for. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what it was about. Like, having had, having been able to have such an influence on a conversation about sex online is really awesome. Also terrifying. I love having this open dialogue about sex and learning more about yourself and being healthy. Um, And one of the ways to actually do that, as you guys well know, is doing the 23andMe. Now, everybody's talked about this. I'm sure you guys have heard about it all the time. 23andMe is a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. Um, So this includes on how your DNA can be influenced by your weight, sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, whether you're likely to be lactose intolerant. There's a lot more that 23andMe uh, can tell you about yourself. It's really easy to do. You can simply spit into the tube provided. That's really actually um, funny coming in this podcast. Um, But you can spit into the tube provided into your 23andMe kit and mail your saliva uh, back into the lab to be analyzed. So there's a couple different reports that you can do. You could do the bitter taste report uh, and the sweet versus saliva reports this this way. So your DNA can play a role in determining your food preferences really from either sweet to salty. I'm more of a sweet guy. I love chocolates and ice cream and desserts. Are you guys more salty or sweet? Oh, salty. 1,000. Ashley's salty, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Totally, right? It's just Sweet. way better. I can't. I don't even know why okay. people choose salty. You guys all love these fruity things. It's all about, like, chips and salsa. Oh, I mean. Chocolate-covered pretzels. Mm. Whoa, chocolate-covered pretzels be sweet or salty? I guess it's that's salty. It's a little salty. bit of both. It's a little yeah. bit of both. So but I need the salt. Oh, man, there's nothing better than, like, a Hers- Hershey's chocolate mm. for me. I'm telling you. Name dropping. <laughs> well, not only can it do about sweet versus salty, but you can do also sleep reports, which is very important because everybody sleeps. Uh, the sleep report tells you, except for you, Tori, unfortunately. The, sleep, uh, the deep sleep report tells you if you are more likely to be an especially deep sleeper. Um, the sleep movement report tells you how much you're likely to move during your sleep, which is a big thing, especially in couples these days. And this is all based on your DNA. There's also a saturated fat and weight report that tells you, based on your genetics, how your weight might be affected in saturated fats in your diet. It offers tips on which food to watch out for. Uh, tells you, you know, if you should be trying to eat less saturated fat. Uh, fat. Um, the lactose intolerance report sheds insights into your genetics, may affect your ability to design dairy products. Like, there's so many reports in 23andMe. It really tells you a lot about, not only does it tell you about your ancestry, uh, but it also tells you about your health, wellness, and all that good stuff. So you can order 23andMe Health and Ancestry Service Kit at 23andMe.com slash Dean. That's D-E-A-N. Uh, that's the number 23andMe. So 23andme.com slash Dean. That's where you can get your kit to tell you all about this DNA testing service that offers insights into a lot of different factors of your life. Uh, not only just your background, but your health, wellness, uh, health, your health, wellness and uh what you should eat in the future i had a friend that did that got a 23 me kit and she's adopted so she wanted to know what her you know she's like i don't know what my genetic background is and not only did it tell her it told her who her birth family is like it gave the, her the names so oh, she was, wow and she was reunited with she's never met her 
birth parents and like she has like this whole extra family and it's been this like beautiful thing. It's very cool. And that was all from 23 all and from Me? 23 and Me. Wow. I, I seriously just gave it to her as like a party favor. I was like, hey, you want to you want, know? Here you go. And like, and it's totally changed her life. It's yeah. And that crazy. party favor may have become the biggest yeah. moment in her life. Yeah. It's it's wild. Wow. The well, 20- definitely. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, go check it out, guys. 23andMe.com slash Dean. Can you help me talk to Jared about and have him open up about his sex life? Yeah. Me? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's different. This is an intervention. Yes. (laughs) This is a sex intervention. I think it's also very different because we know who it's with. Sex is between two people. And the idea for me to talk about my sex life without my partner here, I think, is wildly unfair. Well, but you don't have to, like, give specifics about your partner. You can just talk about your experiences in general. And I do do that. I speak about my experiences in general. I just talked about how I've had the experience of... Having multiple that's orgasms. True. That's like, true. That's he pretty did pop open. To multiple <laughs> um, but and and then uh, to further that, I think it's so hard, right? Because as a guy, I've grown up. The gentleman thing is to not talk about kissing ladies. The gentleman thing is to not talk about your sex life. However, yeah, you don't want to be crass. We don't want to be crass. I don't want to be crass. However. This world forces you to do that. Mm. Not even just from Dean and I being on this crazy show, but the transparency of the society that we live in today. Yeah, it's very open. You kind of adapt or die. Mm -hmm. And so I struggle with that a lot where I want to be as open as possible, but there's still this little voice inside of me from my morals growing up saying, you should not be talking about this. Mm. (laughs) Well, that's fair enough. I think obviously everyone should only talk about the things that make them comfortable, but I think sometimes people just feel uncomfortable for reasons that they should question more. Yes. I, I agree that if anybody listening out here has any issues with a physical, intimate relationship with somebody, they should absolutely feel comfortable talking to somebody about that. I will say it might be a little bit more awkward for you because- when you talk about having sex, we know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. And obviously her history has been wildly talked about from her seasons on the show. And so it's just come to a point now where it's something that I don't feel like I need to talk about. We're in a very happy and loving relationship that everything is going really well. The one thing I take away from this whole monologue is you don't feel comfortable talking about it because she's not here. Um, so... One of these days, Jared, I'd feel, I'd feel a lot we're going to bring Ashley in studio. Sure. I would feel a lot more comfortable with Ashley here because then we'd able we'd be able to talk about it together and express what we're comfortable talking about L- Lacey, together. would you be willing to mediate a conversation <laughs> like that? Like, is there a problem that's happening that you're no. concerned about? You just want the juicy details. I just want the juicy details. Okay, yeah, I can, I can definitely help out with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm actually gone that week. I don't know what week it is, but I'm just yeah, I'm good. Whatever I'm out of week town, it is, so. I'm sick. I promise you. No, I'm I'm more than happy to talk about certain things, of course. But it is for some reason it's it's and Dean, I'm sure you'll experience this as well once you are with somebody and in a committed relationship. No, no, I don't mean this in a negative way. Sounds I mean pretty like, negative. No, no, I mean that I feel like you're gonna feel the same way I do, where you're like, mm. you want to protect it. The, you want to protect intimate a little and special bit. moments you guys share together. You want to kind of keep to yourself. Yeah, yeah of course. So Not course. everything is meant to be shared. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm very private too. I was going to ask: Are people? Do people ask about your personal? Yeah, they do a lot because you know you talk about sexuality online. They just kind of feel like, well, what about you know your experience, so and so, or they'll know my exes from like videos they've been in or whatever. 
And yeah, that's always been uncomfortable for me as well because I don't like to talk about it. I, I am fine talking about it openly, not on my channel because I don't want it to become like this weird spectacle of right. like, oh, what's a sex educator's sex life like? And here I am going to broadcast this like a weirdo. You do know? you find it difficult to meet? Why are you in a relationship now? Um, I'm going to refrain from answering oh, that question. Oh, perfectly fine. Do you well, find man. it difficult to meet people romantically because of your platform and your voice that you kind of have? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, there's like a lot of weirdness with the sex ed stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. I have found good relationships, though, still. Some online, some just, like, around. It's weird because it makes it easier, but it makes it harder at the same time, right? Like, it, it allows the door to be open to more people, but it kind of closes the door on others as well. Yeah, because people think it's cool, so right. that opens the door. Right. But I think that there's, like, a dehumanize, like, especially when I was younger and I was kind of, like, getting used to doing this stuff publicly, people would be really invasive, and I mm. didn't know how to, like, assert my boundaries. And mm -hmm. also, people would just be weird and creepy about it. Like, dudes would be weird and creepy. Yeah. You know, you go out, and they're like, so what do you do? And it's like, well, I don't want to tell you, because yeah. you're already giving me a weird vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you tell them, and it's an even weirder, weirder vibe. vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I talked about this last week a little bit. Um, I've gone on a few dates lately, and one of the girl, uh, I guess the girl that I went on a few dates with, said something along the lines of, because your life is so public, I find myself closing off because I'm concerned about like how public my life would potentially be if we were to enter into a relationship together. Mm. You can so, keep it private though if you want it. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I said I was like, of course, I would never do anything to disrespect your boundaries. But I, it was the first time I had heard um, someone say that's you know obviously lived life more privately than I have over the past year. Mm -hmm. Say that your life, your your life's publicness is a turnoff to me emotionally. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing to hear. So I was curious if you've experienced it as well. And it sounds like you may have. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. But, I mean, no one said that to me, mm -hmm. but I have felt that way mm -hmm. when I've dated other YouTubers and stuff. I've just been like, this is not, I don't like, I don't like the publicity because I am a pretty private person. Yeah. Like all told, it's weird with oh, what so I do. Oh, so you've dated other people from the YouTube space as well. Yeah. But as well as private, like more private people. Yeah. 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 And I don't like the public that's exactly what I said last week. Yeah. Like I, it's it's hard for me to imagine dating someone else from Bachelor because of the publicity and like the pressure that gets put on it because of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It totally has a huge effect mm -hmm. on every bit of context in the relationship. Right. You know. And, and if that... you already inherently suck at dating, <laughs> and then there's all this pressure to then be good. Dean, you don't suck at dating. But I'm gonna keep saying it so you can keep telling me I don't. Okay, I, I, that's I appreciate fair. It. I appreciate that's it. What makes fair. you think you suck at dating? Uh, well, I'm single. That doesn't mean you suck at dating. <laughs> and truthfully, I think that everybody kind of sucks at dating. I don't know. That's what I, I think. Really? Yeah. Everyone? Well, like, Everyone's for example. Everyone's horrible at relating for, to each other. <laughs> for example, you said earlier that you don't find that there is a sex expert. There might be a sex expert with your partner. Yeah. Where you know their body in and out, but there's not one person that can make everybody happy. Similar to dating. We're like, if you don't say you suck at dating, you're pretty much saying, well, I can go on any date with any person and it's going to be great. Well, okay. <laughs> I know I'm dramatizing that, yeah. it for effect, <laughs> but maybe that's just the, the I idea see. I have in my head. I see what you're saying. Where it's like, sure, we don't, maybe we don't suck. You We're not, nobody would say they're great at dating either. Because I think that yeah. would be very similar to your argument earlier. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. When I think someone's good at dating, to me, that means... Someone is comfortable being in uh, new contexts and situations with someone they don't know very well, is comfortable with themselves and doesn't feel overly self-conscious, and is maybe good at having conversation. 
right? I think keep the conversation going. By that metric, I think I'd be pretty good at it. But but But, that's what a date (laughs) is, right? But I think my issue when it comes to dating and and kind of the, I guess, the notorious or infamous reputation that helped spin this podcast off is I do a bad job of communicating the negative feelings that I have. Right, yeah. Because you don't want to upset someone. I don't like to, yes, exactly. I don't like to upset people. And when it comes to that point, when it's necessary to upset someone, because in the long term it's better for everyone involved, mm-hmm. I have in the past, and I've been working on it and getting better at it, but in the past I have avoided that conversation. And I also think that yeah. dating for us is more of a big encompassing definition. Sure. Not just like going on a date with somebody, but okay, relationships, yeah. marriage, knowing the opposite sex or the same sex. Yeah, just like you know, relating Relating skills. to the the idea of the dating spectrum. Yeah. I see everybody. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Well, okay. I guess if that's how you're defining it, right. No one's good at dating. <laughs> so there you just have no to experts. explain it. But it's all relative. And so then it makes it <laughs> Anyways, uh, are there any final thoughts or words for the listeners? Uh, no, you guys are so cool. Thanks for having me. This was a fun chat. Yeah, Did we- you hear that, everyone? Lacey thinks Jared and I are cool. <laughs> yes. And I've never been happy. That's two. Two. Lacey and Easton. Oh, I think we're cool. And Tori, who's uh, passively sitting over in the corner. Tori does not think we're cool. Anyways, Lacey, be sure to check out. I guess everyone that's listening, be sure to check out Lacey's book, which hit shelves today, September 25th. It's called Sex Plus, Learning, Loving, and Enjoying Your Body. Be sure to check out her YouTube channel, which is just Lacey Green. Yep. Yeah. Um, be sure to follow her on Instagram, Lacey Green. Uh, we we don't hate social, or we do hate social media, but still, it allows you to have a voice that is shared with millions of people, which is always fantastic. That's true. Social media has its upsides, yes. I will admit. Um, thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. I always yeah. love conversations that start one place and end somewhere completely different like we went from sex to religion to whatever um so yeah hopefully we can have you back with ashley and jared in studio at the same time yep for the sex intervention yeah i'm ready sex intervention guys i'm ready i'm already feeling a cough coming on (laughs) thanks guys yeah Lacey offers a lot of help uh on youtube and there's a lot of uh channels on youtube that can offer a lot of advice or help but there's other places online that you can get help from one of them that we're going to talk about right now dean you've been very vocal about seeing a therapist uh is a company called talkspace now talkspace is an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time all you need is your computer with the internet connection uh or the talkspace mobile app um and this is a way that you can prove your mental health even if you had trouble making it making the time for it really because there's a lot of times There's a lot of people out there with very busy schedules that are unable to go see a therapist. Um, And so this makes it a little bit easier for somebody who is very busy to get the attention that they need um, and the help they need. So Talkspace is an easy way uh, sending a therapist a message. Uh, You can get something off your chest whenever you need to. You can talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. I think we can all relate to that. Um, You can really just chat about life if you just want to talk to somebody. There are no extra commutes. There's no leaving the office. And the best part is there's no judgment. Um, You know, you have to remember, too, that therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. It's also about about practical everyday strategies for stress management, uh, living a happier life. You know, there's a lot of stress in this world that can be caused from work, um, problems at home. You know, it doesn't have to stem from, you know, 
childhood. Um, so having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to, and that's what Talkspace provides to you. Um, and all their therapists are licensed therapists. Uh, you can message them at any time, and they help you make positive changes to your life. Uh, the Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life changes that every one of us face on a daily basis. Uh, you, they match you with the perfect therapist for a fraction of the price for that traditional therapy will cost you. So not only is it easy and convenient, but it is also cheaper. So what you can do is you can go to Talkspace.com slash Dean, and you can use the same code Dean to get $45 off your first month. So if you really want to talk to somebody, but you just don't have the time or even the funds to do it, go to Talkspace, check it out. They have licensed therapists, over 2,000 of them that will respond very quickly to whatever you need. Just go to Talkspace.com slash Dean. And then yet again, if you want $45 off your first month, use code Dean, D-E-A-N. Anyways, Lacey Green is just a wonderful human being. She's a lot more normal. Like, she's not abnormal in her YouTube videos. But, you know, I feel like on YouTube videos, you have to bring, like, high energy and, like, oh, super yeah, peppy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That's one reason why I can never, ever be a YouTuber, because I can't do that quite as well. But she was great. She's great. Yeah. Down to earth, personable, very knowledgeable within the sex world. Yeah, it was but, great to have her. Yeah. No, I'm glad. It's it's always taboo to talk about sex. It's really nice to have somebody come in and be so open about it. And then that makes, conversely, all of us in the studio a little bit more open about it as well. Yeah, the facilitation of the conversation is helpful. All right, we're going to get into some email, emails next. Um, I think we we're only going to take one or two this week, but we're going to have Easton read them and jump right into it. Easton, that wonderful voice of yours. Yeah, the uh, the velvety, docile tones mm, of Easton. Thank mm. you for the opportunity. Uh, this first one's from Paige. Uh, my question is, if any of you would consider dating someone who is a fan of the show you are on, my argument for saying yes is that you go on the show to meet someone you would never have met until the show. Most of these people live in different states, so you probably wouldn't even know they existed. Take it from a viewer's perspective. They would never know someone existed if they never saw them on the show. It's like the show is a mutual friend and you met them through that. It's interesting. Uh, obviously, some people suck and they would want to date or hang out for the social media likes, but there actually might be people out there that would try to make a move if you weren't on the show and happen to be at the same bar. I am hmm. a viewer slash listener, so I'd love for your answer to be yes, but I understand why it could be no. <laughs> I will say we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode at the mm -hmm. pool, and most of us, it sounded like we're pretty much against that. But now that I think, now, like she puts it into perspective, right? You're meeting people that you wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise. I would say that, like, there, if someone came up to me at a bar and they were like, hey, I saw you on the show, I want to, like, buy you a drink or go on a date with you, whatever it is. And I was like feeling good about it. I don't think I would immediately discount it. Of so course I said, not. So I said last week that maybe I would. Like it's it's un it's not ideal, but it still is a possibility. Yeah, I think it all depends on how they people approach you, whether they're a fan of the show or not, or whether they know who you are or they don't. Now, like it's it, if they come up to you and say, "Hey, you know, I know you from the show. You seem really cool. I'd love to buy you a drink sometime." Right. I think you'd be fine with that. And now, granted, if they came up and were like. Oh my God, Dean! Dean, I love you so much. Please, please, please take me on a date. Please marry me. Then you might be a little bit more apprehensive. Yeah. And uh, to her point as well, it's it's you meet a lot more people after going on, and so for you to immediately discount all of those people that you would potentially have met or meet after the fact is maybe doing yourself a disservice, disjustice. So yeah, so I guess to her point, it's always possible. But to Jared's point, don't do the whole. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! If they come up and they fangirl, which I'm sure you've had many experiences with, it's probably not a turn on. It's not. Or anyway. like the only one to talk about the show. Like, 
you know, like um, exactly. And then they start now. Granted, I will say for a date, it is a topic of conversation for the simple yeah. fact it's such a foreign experience oh, for yeah. everybody. How do you not talk about but it? But there is a limit that needs to be drawn. Like I maybe have experienced it to a small amount, but I know. Um, some of my friends who have also been on the show have kind of vented to me about how they went on a date with a beautiful girl who they were really interested in, and then how the entire conversation for an hour and a half revolved around being on the television show, mm-hmm. which some guys like that a lot more than others. You know, like some guys love talking about being on TV for the, <laughs> the two months that they were on it. But for me personally, I would I tried to avoid it as much as I can, not because I'm like disgraced by the things that I did on Paradise or anything like that, but just because it was an experience and it's happened a year ago. But it's not your I, whole identity. Exactly. I'm not. I, I don't define myself by being on Bachelor. And it's such a personal experience that is broadcasting to so many people. It's really difficult to revisit and then have to express all those feelings and emotions again. Um, but I, I, let me ask you something, Dean. That I'm curious about. Would you? Uh, I think here's the thing. I think it's probably less attractive for somebody who does know who you are, who just tries to lie about it and avoid it. Mm. I've had people that say, oh, I don't watch the show, I don't watch the show, and then they'll make points that <laughs> they only would have known by watching the show. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, which, which is it? Um, so that point, yeah, to that, it, it definitely is unattractive. But I, it's, sometimes it can be nice because I feel like a lot of the things that I experienced maybe didn't necessarily get broadcasted, and so it's like a nice way to kind of put things into perspective. Um, but yeah, to, I guess to answer the question, it's not a, not a deal breaker. I had a buddy who went on The Price is Right and won a crock pot shaped like a basketball. Amazing. And then he got you know booted off. Uh, but that was his whole identity for a long time. Oh, so all anyone huh. wanted to talk about. It, I felt so bad for him. Did you ever eat out of the crock pot? Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone wanted to know what he was cooking in it. You know, what, what he did. Like, we made some stuff in it. Brings on camping trips with him. Yeah, hey, I got exactly. a crock pot, guys. Are <laughs> people randomly selected in The Price is Right? Uh, yeah, like was from the audience. They were yeah. selected beforehand, but then they make it look random. I think so. Yeah. So he knew he was going to be up there before he sat down in that seat. Maybe. I, or, Probably. I think, I think they have like 10 people that they ha- can have up there, and then like they choose like four of them or five of them or however many it is. Yeah. yeah. Tori seems to know. Yeah, Tori, you're waving your hands back there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, well, I just know that. So you like interview before, and a lot of people like always try to like kind of, you don't like sell your story, but like one of my friends was on it. She was like, I work at Disneyland and Minnie Mouse, and they like ate that up, and they were like, so if you like stand out and like have a cool thing, then they're like, oh. yeah, then like that's cool. Like, let's highlight you, you know? Dude, we should totally that's go actually to good point. Right. I was like, I was in the audience on Ellen, and they. Wait, so jealous. <laughs> it, was, it was actually, I did it twice. And then I was on Ellen, same with Jared, but no big deal. All right, um, bragging. And, Name and, dropping. And yeah, one we of the, get it. You like fill out like a five-question questionnaire, and the last question always is, do you or someone you know deserve something like fantastic or something oh, like that? Oh, yeah. And I went with my girlfriend the first time, and she was like, I, I think like, I had just sold my car or something, and she wrote like, my boyfriend really deserves a car because he's such a hard worker and he would really benefit from it. <laughs> Something like that. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet, but I'm probably not going to win a car. But yeah, I think they like to choose like the special yeah. stories. Yeah. So you just got to, you know, have a good story. So just lie. That's so what that, we're pretty much telling you. That's how you get on the prices, right? That's how we're here in studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Jared, at least. You guys are actually professionals. So. Uh, that's, that's a stretch. Uh, <laughs> let's, do, let's do one more and then we'll call it. Uh, this is from Jessica. I'm a 31-year-old who pursued my doctorate degree in pharmacy, and I've only been in two long-term relationships, six years each. Both relationships ended from lack of commitment on their ends. Mm. But I'm starting to question if there's something wrong with me. Mm. My latest sex and I broke up in May. I finally got the courage to start online dating about a month ago and have had absolutely no luck. It's mm. frustrating, discouraging, and I just don't know what to do. Here's the qualities I'm looking for in a significant other. Wow. Honesty, sense of humor, humble, loves family, wants kids, Dog lover, I have two St. Bernards, 
and at least a bachelor's degree are established in their career. That's quite the list. Yeah, I don't like that last one. Yeah. Uh, so I guess my questions for you are, am I on the right track or do I just need to be patient? Do you recommend I, tr I do any other app or delete the apps entirely and try to meet someone organically? Uh, or, should I, or should I apply for the bachelor? Well, sure, apply for the bachelor. Absolutely I think apply first for the and foremost, uh, Jessica, you have way too many filters. You, you want someone honest, um, hilarious, humble. Those are fine. But someone that also has to have a bachelor's degree, nix that one out of your filter for sure. Someone that loves dogs, I agree. I probably want to date someone that loves dogs too, but I wouldn't discount someone that doesn't love dogs. I think that you're setting too many constraints on the finding someone that's going to cut off so many people too. Like Easton and I just talked about, if we didn't date someone that watched television, we'd basically not be able to date anyone. It sounds like you're cutting out so many people that could potentially be a partner for you. And I think it's also diff difficult for you, Jessica. You've been in two relationships over the past 12 years, two very committed relationships. So that's tough to like get back. If you're 31, that means you started dating. Last time you were really single was 19. That's a long time. So it's tough getting back in the world. So like, don't easily give up. I know you just started dating again back in May, probably like a long summer, but definitely don't give up on the dating apps. I would advocate not deleting them. And I agree with Dean. It does seem like you have a lot of checklist that a guy needs to check off like if your soul mate is a cat person i'd still go with it yeah what did wendy walsh say uh she said go on 100 dates in a year totally so my advice to jessica is just put on those dancing shoes and, and we're not saying it's easy jessica like please don't mistake that we're not saying oh just keep going on dates what's the matter with you we know that it sucks and it's tiresome but you know you've been in long relationships it might not be the worst thing for you right now to be single for a while to really Maybe have a little self-discovery because you were in school for a while. You had long-term relationships. It's time for some Jessica. One suggestion that I might give Jessica as well, and I meant to give this in the past, but I've never really had an opportunity to, and it's not the ideal situation now, but it kind of would benefit. I think that what Jessica should do is maybe write a list of why her most recent six-year relationship didn't work, the, the, main, the mainstays of why it did not work. That way, in three months, if you're still single and you're considering getting back with this guy of six years that you guys broke up, then you can look back on this list and be like, oh, that's why we broke up. Because of what we tend to do is looking back, we romanticize the relationships that we had and remember the positives, but never remember the negatives. And there, I've done this before, too, where I broke up with someone and like three or four months later, we broke up and I wrote down a list of the things that were like not going right in our relationship. And then like six months later, I was like, wow, I really miss this girl. And then I went back to my notepad and I read every there's like a <laughs> 10 list, a 10 thing list. And I was like. No, I, I mean, I miss her, sure, but I cannot get back together with her. So I, that's something I recommend not only to Jessica, but to everyone out there is if you break up with someone, just be sure to remind yourself later on about why that relationship didn't work out. Because odds are that's probably going to be something that sticks around if you guys try and give it another shot. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Yep. We, yeah, we tend to romanticize things. Keep an open mind, Jessica. You'll meet the right person. And, Absolutely. Uh, before we sign out of today's episode, I do want to talk about uh, Vegas for a second and my ET interview. Oh, yeah. Because I've gotten, uh, some, I've gotten I was going to ask about this, but there's been a lot of talk online. I've gotten some funny tweets. I just want to set the record straight. I like Colton. I think Colton's a great guy. So to give a little, in case our listeners haven't seen the interview, Dean did an interview with Entertainment Tonight over the weekend of Vegas. He may have had one too many when he started speaking. So he, here's the other thing. We started drinking at noon that day. We were out in the sun all day long. Mm -hmm. I did the flow rider for like four hours. Mm -hmm. Exhausted. <laughs> Took a 30-minute nap. Continued to drink. Went, went to the iHeart Festival. Went to the I Festival, did an interview, and it, a lot of it was out of just like good hearted, like humor. And you were joking, and everybody who watches the video knows you're joking, which is why you're getting tweets about it. Because all the tweets that I've seen have been like pretty positive and funny. 
I, I mean, I just want to set the record straight. I I do still think it'll be a dumpster fire season, <laughs> but I do like I do I do like Colton, and I do wish him nothing but the best. But we're not tuning in to watch a cookie cutter, clean, fun season. We're tuning in because we all kind of think it's gonna be erratic, it's gonna go and off the crazy. rails. And I'm excited to watch it. Anyways, I just want to set the record straight on that. All right, a big thank you to our sponsors, Beachbody On Demand. Again, you just text Dean, D-E-A-N, to 303030. You get your free trial membership. A big shout-out to Talkspace. Again, over 2,000 licensed therapists. You can use code D-E-A-N. All these codes are Dean's name. That's all right. He's got a very nice name. Uh, again, you can go to Talkspace.com slash Dean and use code Dean, D-E-A-N, to get $45 off. And then another big, big shout-out to 23andMe, the health and ancestry service kit and you can go to 23andme.com slash dean d-e-a-n so this has been another episode of help i suck at dating thank you for listening thank you to jared mark easton and tori and of course thank you lacy green be sure to check her out on youtube at lacy green check out thank you dean Uh, well yeah thank you for thank you for that jared be sure to check out her book which just hit shelves today it's called sex plus learning loving and enjoying your body um i think we can all stand to learn a little bit from her she seems to be not just intelligent, but also very opinionated, which I think is a good combination. Yep. Um, so check her out, Lacey Green, and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Help I Suck at Dating, where maybe we'll suck a little less. There it is. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> 